As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your semi-regular dispatch from the world of Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Got my co-host, John Stefanczyk, with me. It has been a while, I think. I can't pretend to remember all the different reasons we either recorded or didn't record. I think we'd skipped a bye week. Ole Miss probably beat Vanderbilt. I'm pretty sure the last time we talked was before the Vanderbilt game. I could be wrong. Uh, and then there's been lots of unplanned bye weeks this year. I think they were originally supposed to play A&M and got a bye week, beat South Carolina, beat Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It is the following week now. Uh, first three-game winning streak for Ole Miss since Hugh Freeze, I believe. Uh, the last four-game winning streak I saw was UT Martin, Alabama, somebody else in Vanderbilt. So that's been quite a while. Not to say they're going to be four-game winning streak here, but they do, as of now, play Texas A&M in College Station. Not this weekend, but the following weekend. So season's still going on, which is kind of weird to say here on December 2nd, but it's been unprecedented season, John. It's been uh, interesting to say the least, but we're, uh, we're here. You know, I mean, I guess one way to look at this, they're four and four. Now it's against kind of a modified schedule, but let's say, let's call that three and five in a normal year. And this year they probably would have played Baylor. That's a coin flip. Say they lose it. Worst case, they're a six and six, seven and five team. So I think they would have, I think they would have beaten Baylor. I don't think Baylor is that great. I don't think so either. I I think this is overall to me that to get to get down to it, the egg bowl, Winning the Egg Bowl and getting to four wins in this modified schedule kind of solidifies the first year for Kiffin. A&M's a free shot. LSU, coin flip, but if you lose in Death Valley with a, with an inherited roster, nobody's going to hold anything. Yeah, and having to play LSU in the 10th game of the season, I think that's a lot different than getting to play them first like State did when they were just completely had no idea if they were going to be good or bad, and they probably weren't really taking that game seriously. I think I think at the end of the season, everybody kind of knows uh, the score, and I think everybody knows Ole Miss has a bad defense and a good offense, and I don't think you're going to catch anybody by surprise um, in, in that respect. So I think these last two games are going to be super interesting. I think five and five would be a, a great finish if they were to somehow win both games, obviously winning at – College Station against a one-loss A&M team would be a huge upset. A&M is top 10 in the country. Um, you know, I won't say they're bad. They're a good team. I think Kellen Mond is a substandard quarterback. I don't really know what to make of the Ole Miss defense right now. They've been horrible all year. They held State to 24 points, but State also has been really bad on offense for most of the year. Um, so I don't know how much you can really take away from that. 
Uh, but they do have Otis Reese playing now, the Georgia transfer. For some reason, NCAA waits until the eighth game of the season to rule him eligible. But okay, you know, NCAA going to NCAA. So that's a that's a upgrade in the secondary. Um, the one thing I will say though is, you know, looking at that A and M game, I think Jimbo is a lot less stubborn than than Leach, and that means that I assume they're going to run for 350 yards on on our defense. Um, you know, the problem with State's offense against Ole Miss's defense is that Leach refuses to run the ball. They had 39 rushing yards, and this Ole Miss rush, rush defense has just been horrendous. Uh, I do have a stat about the defense, John, that I'll get to here in one sec that I thought was interesting and sent by a friend of the show, friend of the show Jacob Threadgill. Uh, but first, you know, I got to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. This has been a crazy football season. No better reason. Uh, than craziness to try to find that edge on Vegas and, and get pulling over on the on the bookmakers, right? I mean, who can really predict what's going to happen this season? It's Wednesday, and for some reason, the Steelers and the Ravens played this afternoon. This is this is truly a upside down season. So it's a great time for you head, to head on over to Bet Online. Bet Online goes the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every single angle and imaginable piece of action out there from prop bets over-unders, you know, regular lines, money lines, anything you can think of. Parlays, of course, always a fun option. Uh, all you got to do is head on over to Bet Online, use our promo code ARMCHAIR, take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses they got there for you. Um, it's going to be great. You're going to have fun. You're going to win a bunch of money, especially if you listen to me and John, uh, two football experts, two guys that can tell you what's going on. College basketball is, is now happening, not for Ole Miss. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, – you can bet on that. NBA is cranking up here later this month. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of action over on Bet Online. So head over there, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use our code armchair. All right, John, I, I teased it before the break. The stat I was going to share about the defense and Lane Kiffin, in fact, uh, thought this was interesting. A lot of interesting stats um, out there about Ole Miss's offense. I mean, you look at Elijah Moore's stats, they're pretty mind-boggling. Um, I, I think he, he has like 86 receptions on a hundred something targets um, and only two drops is great. But this stat about the defense is interesting uh, of the 15 worst defenses in the country. Um, and that's in both points allowed and yards per game. So in points allowed, Ole Miss is 117 out of 127 in yards per game. Ole Miss is 125th out of 127. Ole Miss is the only team of the bottom 15 to not have a losing record. I think that really speaks to how good this offense has been, right? I mean, I don't remember watching a team this lopsided where one unit was was so good comparatively they could really carry the other unit this far. I mean, I think back to some of those really bad defenses under McGriff, and I don't ever feel like they those offenses were doing the same amount of carrying that this Lane Kiffin offense is doing in year one. So I, I think it's got to be a good sign of things to come, right? Yeah, I'm going to – I'm going to be optimistic and look and try to talk about moving forward with the defense. Getting um, getting Otis Otis Reese being magically deemed eligible, which can be its own conversation, but I really don't feel like having it because I'm in a good mood. Um, we finally saw a legitimate SEC playmaker on defense and impact from it. So the optimist to me says if you can get two or three more of those people through JUCO grad transfer whatever mechanism, maybe you end up with an average defense that can make some plays here and there next year, pair it with um, an offense that 
Corral could really make a jump next year. I mean, he's he's played very well this year. There's no doubt about it. But he could he could make even another jump to really a a, a QB that can really make things happen. We'll see. I mean, but that's the uh, that's the sense. It's um, I mean, the the defense this year sucks. I'm curious to see how can Kiffin get personnel improve it through all form all means and mechanisms the next two years and i really want to see where this is at in 24 months and that'll tell us what the ceiling is for the uh elaine kiffin era in oxford yeah i mean really the i think we all have to believe that the defense is going to get better just because they have so much room to improve it's it's pretty hard honestly for it how does it get worse exactly it's it's honestly hard for a team to stay as bad statistically as they have been this year for more than one season, just because of roster turnover plus experience and you're playing young guys to your point about getting in impact players. I think the defensive line has to be a spot where you, you need people that can, that can actually play. They have guys playing around the defensive line that I'm no expert in D line play or recruiting, but I, I think it's safe to say that they have no place uh, on an sec defensive line. So go out, see if you can get a grad transfer there um, try to bring in a, a Juco guy or two. Um, the secondary isn't horrible. There's some young corners that are going to get better. You, you'll have Reese back next year. I'm not sure what's going on with Jalen Jones. I think he might be hurt again, but not sure. That is basically everybody that played this year, assuming they're not going pro, that's not a huge problem with the defense. If you want him back next year, you can get him back. It's a free year as far as eligibility. The, the kid from Canada has, has gotten better throughout the year at cornerback. Uh, he, he ran the fumble back like 80 yards in the egg bowl. So maybe he can be, he can be a good player next year at, at corner. Um, but I, I think they, they're almost going to have to improve on defense. I think the only question mark and the only way that what we've seen from Kiffin and Levy this year wouldn't continue in the, the next two, three years is if he isn't able to secure the level of talent that, that Matt Luke was bringing in on offense. And that just doesn't, again, that doesn't seem logical given the, the production that they've had on offense this year. We're going to learn a lot about that um, early signing day coming up here later in December. The February signing period, be interested to see. Um, you know, it's like the kid that was an FSU commit from Starkville. Uh, Luke Altmyer is headed to Ole Miss at, at quarterback. Um, you know, not a, not a five-star Shea Patterson type recruit, but um, I think he could turn out to be really good. Obviously, Kiffin wants him. Um, and, and he was committed to Norvell at FSU. We'll see what happens there. We get Corral for another year. I think they're going to go in big on trying to get uh, the Manning kid from New Orleans mm-hmm. to, to play quarterback in a couple of years, and he might be the, like one of the best players in the country, his class. So I think we'll learn this, this uh, recruiting cycle, but they're going to have to figure out how to replace Moore's production next year as well as Yeboa. Um, both, both are going to be gone by all accounts. Um, but – you know, we've seen Kiffin lately, especially at, at kind of at Bama, you know, obviously he's going to get production out of the recruits that Bama gets, but at FAU and then his first year at Ole Miss, he finds the playmakers and he gets the ball to them. They're going to be really good at running back next year. Um, I mean, that's, that's one of the, the most underrated aspects of this team is the, the O-line play and the running back play. The running, the running game is really good. And I think that they can actually get better there. And you talked about Corral and being able to take a step next year. I mean, I'm looking at stats right now. He's fifth in the country in yards. Um, if you look at his stat line, he had what did he have against Arkansas? He had six interceptions, right? Six interceptions and a fumble. Yep. 
Yeah, so you take out the Arkansas game, and obviously you can't do that, but let's look to next year. I think you can say, let's, let's pretend he had two picks on that game, and then he, he would be sitting at uh, five for the year rather than nine. His QB rating is already 187. I'm going to sort by rating here on this list and see where he comes in. So he's, he's tied for fourth in the country in QBR with a six-interception game. With a seven-turnover game. That's pretty insane. That's remarkable. And it's only eight games in. That is really remarkable when you think yeah, about Yeah, I mean, the other people – the, the people ahead of him, Western Michigan don't know that kid, Caleb Alebi, but his stats other than QBR aren't great. He's barely – he barely played. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson at BYU, Justin Fields, Kyle Trask, uh, and then Corral's tied for fourth with a few other guys. And that's in QBR. Obviously, in yards, when you sort by that, he's like top ten in the country in every stat. In yards, he's fifth behind Gabriel at UCF, uh, the SMU kid, Sam Howell at UNC, who's supposed to be a first-rounder this year, and then Trask is fourth, Corral is fifth, Mac Jones is sixth. So, I mean, even in a year where he has some room for improvement, he's been really, really good. 72.9 completion percentage uh, on 255 attempts. I mean, I think you got to give him a lot of credit. He's got great arm talent. But I think it's obvious that Kiffin – and Levy both are incredible at putting this, the quarterback in a position to succeed in this offense. I mean, they do so much with the motion before the snap, the route trees. They're yeah. really making his life easier when it comes to these reads. And I think they're, you, they see a lot. Like you go back to that South Carolina game when Elijah Moore got wide open. Uh, you know, Kiffin's going down the sidelines, throwing up the arms. Kiffin said that Corral audible into that. I'm not sure if that's actually true or not, but either way, whether Kiffin audibled into it or Corral learned from Kiffin what to look for and audibled into it, I mean, these coaches are, are really, really good at, at putting their players' ambition to succeed on offense. So it's, it's fun to see. I mean, I, I don't think Hugh Freeze came close to the offensive minds that these guys have from, from what I've seen out of this offense this year. And the ability to install it with no spring and a weird fall and come out in game one against Florida and run the offense the way they did and just get better every week on offense other than the Arkansas game. And that Auburn game was a little iffy. It's, it's been pretty insane to watch and really exciting as a fan of offensive football. It's like it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think even the biggest Kiffin fans would have expected it to work this well this quickly. Yeah, really agree with all the above. It's um, You look at, I mean, the, the Kiffin, Lebby, Randy Clements, Probably the name that I mean we can hear about Levy, but the O line has probably done as much or has has met. It's probably the great tied for the greatest improvement versus what we thought we had coming into the season of any unit on the team. And um, really, kudos to them. To your point, the what what they've looked like on offense and the cohesiveness for the lack of spring ball they've had. And I think Arkansas was a byproduct of. They schemed well. Corral would either take the first read or run. Arkansas put him in zone, made him think, exposed him. But he's been taking coaching from that. He's bounced back to where, you know, as this evolves, unfolds, if they're going to have some form of or something close to a real spring this upcoming year, he could take a real step and become a legitimate, you know, near elite quarterback that's fun to watch next year so it's almost like if they could put half a defense around them hell go win eight nine games and make this interesting we'll see 
Yeah, I think next year should be interesting, assuming, you know, back to normal. Um, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, um, I think a week from now is the um, hearing by the FDA about the, co- the first COVID vaccines getting like emergency use approval. So we'll see where we are in six months from now um, as far as rolling that out. But assuming next year is normal, I think they're supposed to open with Louisville at a neutral site. That should be a pretty fun week one yeah. game. Get some hype for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll be the first to blame coaching somewhat for the Arkansas game. I thought Corral should not have been put in the position to even think about passing against, you know, that three, eight after the fourth or so pick. Um, I, I do think after that Kiffin has adjusted and when they see a look like what he was getting, they, they run the ball and it's worked pretty well since then. Um, it's, I, I definitely think it's worked better. And again, I think this is, this is where Kiffin is, is a better coach or I don't know. He's been better this year at being adaptable than somebody like Mike Leach, who has seen the three, eight every game since they got beat by Kentucky and has still refused to, to kind of do anything other than what he wants to do. Kiffin I'd say is, is extremely flexible and is going to run whatever he thinks is going to work. And that's a trait that I really like. And coach. He's kind of the anti-system guy. He's the how do I feed my playmaker guy. I mean, look at look at how many catches Elijah Moore's had through eight games. Yeah, so I switched over to the receiving stats, right? He's leading the country in receptions, 86 to uh, the next guy, 79 yards. He's 80 yards ahead of the Arkansas State guy who's played like 10 games already, I think. And he's over 120 yards ahead of Devontae Smith. Um, he only has eight touchdowns, which is you know, Smith has 12. I think Smith's going to win the Bolitnikoff at Alabama just because they're a title contender. Um, yep. I think Moore would have to go like kind of crazy the last, uh, the last two games as far as yards and touchdowns, which isn't out of the question. But still, I mean, to come in and get this production out of Moore, who was a good player, but it's almost unfair to even say like it's that Whoa, much of a surprise. Breaking news. Rocket your rockets are yeah, yeah. Westbrook for John Wall. How do you feel about that? And a first round pick. I think it's fine. I mean, uh, I did see that right before we got on the got on the call here. I, I'm excited about Christian Wood, the center um that they that they got from uh what's John the- Wall healthy? I have no idea. I think Westbrook wanted out even more than Harden potentially, and Harden wants out yep. as well. I so, believe that. We will see. We will see. But, um, you know, I, I love Russell Westbrook. I, I, I don't know. He wasn't healthy in the playoffs this past year. It's hard to judge his output by that, but it's clear he didn't like the Rockets' culture. Um, so that's fine. That's okay. I, I'm excited for Christian Wood and hopefully James Harden, and we'll see where we go from there. I'm really excited for the new coach. Silas um, seems like a good, smart, young coach. So, We'll see how that goes. It's going to be interesting NBA season. Um, shortest offseason yep. ever. I know LeBron's pissed. He might just sit out for a month or keep resting. We'll see. Yeah, he'll manage his load just fine. Yeah. All right, so what I was going to say was I don't even know if it's fair to be shocked by Elijah Moore's production just because the Rich Rod offense was so unfriendly to pass catchers last year. But he still has definitely made the most of his opportunity. I mentioned the two drops. I mean – that's that's incredible on that many targets. Um, he's had a great year, and I'm interested to see how that's going to translate into where he goes in the draft. It's it's going to be interesting. Has there ever been a bigger fraud than Rich Rod's offense last year? Look at what they were doing with uh, 
with Corral versus where he's at this year. Yeah. With no, a coaching staff that came in with no spring, a messed up camp because of COVID and what they've been able to do. It's uh it's, it's something to say the least. It's insane. It's insane for sure. Absolutely agree with that. Um all right, so I guess we don't really have to look at the the A&M game or anything. We're still a ways off from that. Uh, we should mention uh, they they shut down practice today for some positive COVID tests. Not really sure where that's going to go or how bad it's going to get. It is funny because everybody saw Ole Miss after the Egg Bowl kind of smoking cigars in the locker room and all. Maybe not the best idea. I'm sure there were some parties in Oxford that night. Although the, you know, up till now, Ole Miss has been – one of the best teams in the SEC yep. is not being affected by COVID. So I don't know if the discipline changed there, some bad luck. I'm not sure. They, they said they're going to get some more tests back in tomorrow. And, you know, obviously they're not playing this weekend, so they have a little bit of time to figure things out. But we will see how that progresses. But as of now, uh, about 10 days away from playing A&M, and the weekend after that would be LSU. And then there's also going to be a bowl game by all accounts. It seems like pretty much any SEC team that wants to go to a bowl game will go. Ole Miss team Kiffin yeah. is is very marketable. Definitely going to be some bowls. And should I have no idea the type of bowls we're talking about. Um, the the names I haven't seen the bowl projections, but it, it's good to get some more um, practice in, some more games for sure. And you know, as, as someone that's enjoyed watching this team, I'm excited at the prospect of three more games. It's 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 pretty cool this time of the year. I mean, all the all the bye weeks starting late and all has kind of sucked uh, as a fan, but you know. Here we are in December, and we got three more games to watch. And uh, maybe even by the by the bowl game, we will have seen an Ole Miss basketball game or two. We'll see about that. Maybe we'll see. I'm. It's going to be interesting to see how how this whole basketball season works with the protocols in place and the, the size of the rosters on the team and the schedule. I mean, there's going to be. Um, you're not going to get people to play the same number of games. I think that's a fair. That's a safe statement. So you're going to have a uh, – I mean, it's all about just getting the tournament in the, some form of some form of the tournament in this year, but you're going to have an interesting dynamic in terms of how do you how do you determine who's in and who's out. But we'll cross that bridge down the road. Yeah, and I mean, like, what's going to happen? Yeah, I'm sure the NCAA is not going to let two years in a row without March Madness, their biggest moneymaker um, across all sports. I, I don't know – I wonder like what happens if uh, you know, you have March madness set up and you have the brackets made, they're going off to a bubble and then, you know, a two seed or a three seed has an outbreak. Then they're just like kicked out. I mean, there's, there's so many different scenarios, even just in the postseason. to your point, I think the regular season is going to be a mess. I'm, it's almost, it's almost like maybe this is the, for the best for old miss, as far as being able to get games in later. Um, because you, you have to think at some point, traveling around playing different teams playing indoors practicing with these guys um you're, every team at some point is going to get hit you would think with a with a bout of covid assuming you know they don't get the vaccines in january or something um so it's going to be a weird season for sure uh, you know if you haven't heard yet kermit davis has a positive some players has a positive as well canceled the first at this point i want to say two weeks of the season um they, they canceled several games. I think the first game now is scheduled to be uh, JSU, which I don't know if they were even on the schedule before, but that's happening uh, in eight days, I believe, on Thursday night. Um, assuming they do play at some point, there's a lot to be excited about in this old Miss team. going to be interesting. Kermit kind of has a much better roster 
uh, on paper that he's had so far. So it'll be interesting to see. I think we all, after his first year, and really exceeded expectations, kind of were excited about him as the coach. So now, you know, you got some guys in. Let's see it. Let's see the coaching come together with the talent and see what happens. Uh, by the it's way, it's a classic I, basketball team to where we hit, we hit, not to overgeneralize, but we hear hype. Right. I'm curious to see how can they be, how can they be integrated effectively now? To be fair, with the COVID dynamic, you can't, you can't judge that at all. It just, it's kind of, to me, it's a free shot to have a good team. Otherwise, it's a move forward. Everybody check their boxes, playing games, and let's see what 2021, 2020, 2022 looks like at this point. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I looked up some ESPN bowl projections. Uh, um, one of the guys has Ole Miss in the Gator Bowl versus NC State. That would be kind of crazy to end up in the Gator Bowl in a, in a losing or even season, uh, but it's a weird year. And then so, someone else has Ole Miss in the Liberty Bowl against West Virginia, which would be kind of fun. Um, yeah, that would. Uh, so we'll Either of those matchups would be okay. I, I think Ole Miss would probably do pretty well against NC State or West Virginia, but we shall see. Either way, it's uh, it's it's been an interesting, been an interesting season. And I and also like I, I will mention um, three game winning streak. What I said to you before the show is three game winning streak. Two of the coaches have been fired: um, Derek Mason at Vanderbilt, and mm-hmm. then um, Must at South Carolina. And then the other one is Mike Leach, who's Staring at two and eight, you know, maybe they could rally and, and pull out a three and seven. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think um, they're, they're just looking for moral victories in Starkville right now. I know the Egg Bowl was a big moral victory a week before. They got a big moral, big moral victory against Georgia. Um, you know, so good for them. That's exciting times. Oh, what's, your, what's your take on, on Leach long term? You, you think he's going to turn it around? How, how's he going to do in Starkville three years from now? Uh, I, I think it's three years and gone. If I had to guess, I mean they're paying him five million dollars, so he three years collect that fifteen mil and head down to Key West. Not a bad deal for Leach. Yeah, no, he'll state he'll benefit from that. That's for sure. But I just don't see it. I mean, he's run off a huge part of their roster. I mean, Kylan Hill was all SEC preseason, and he opted out. You know, by week three or four, and. Bunch of other guys have left. Um, you know, I, apparently he's like a real disciplinarian, which I think he's been that at other stops as well. But I don't know. I think it's hard enough to recruit to Starkville with a with a players coach or someone that's known for recruiting. I, I don't think Leach is really known for recruiting outside of maybe quarterbacks and wide receivers. Um, it'll be interesting to see if their defense. Uh, you know, is ever this good again, basically. Not that they're world beaters, but they have a lot of talent left over from the past staffs, and they've been decent on defense. Um, well, who knows? Leach may become a defensive mastermind from a coaching standpoint. and just um, That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah so that, that, that'll be fun to watch, uh, whatever happens there. Um, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting season for sure. Uh, all right, who's the who's the best first year coach in the SEC? Is it Pittman? Uh, so you got Pittman, Kiffin, Leach, Drinkowitz. Um, who else is out there? Kiffin, Leach, Drinkowitz. Not Bo Pelini. He's the worst assistant. That's for sure. <laughs> I think that's it, right? Four four of the fourteen are new. I mean, we're yep. gonna have at least two more going into the next season. 
Um, let's see. Stoop seems safe. What's going to happen with, uh, with Malzahn? How, how long is he hanging around there? It's really impossible to tell year to year. It sounds like Pruitt is on the way out. I think they want to hire Hugh Freeze at Tennessee. Uh, that'd be pretty funny. That'd be awesome. Um, Malzahn, I think Gus slips through, but it's just kind of a weird deal. Who, who's Auburn going to hire that's better than Gus, though? That's, well, that's the question. Auburn and Tennessee need, need to fight over Freeze. First one to get him is the winner in that situation. I mean, is Hugh Freeze really an upgrade over those guys? I think he's an upgrade over, uh, over Pruitt, potentially. Um, you know, it's a question with Freeze is, did he, did he learn from his mistakes? You know, I, I have no idea. I think Freeze could be a decent – I, I think Freeze could be a good coach, although, you know, I think a lot of people forget about his last season at Ole Miss because of the scandals and all and kind of assume that, that it had – you know, that it was really just – Yeah, was, everybody he, assumed it was bullshit and everybody And he went out on top. Yeah, but he, he, his team was trash that year after the Sugar Bowl. Like, they were 5-7 and seven and horrible. And, and it yep. was really a problem of roster construction. I mean, his recruiting – was not good after the the Kimdichi class. Like he got some guys that I mean, Greg Little was probably the best recruit he got after that. But I remember there are a bunch of classes that were just not DK Metcalf with what he's doing. Well, that's a good point. DK AJ. and AJ, DK and AJ for sure. You're right. I think of them more as Matt Luke guys because they played under Luke. But you're right. Those three guys for sure. But I'm just saying, like he missed on a lot of highly touted guys. Shea Patterson among them. Uh, in those in those final years, I just at the end of the day, he defense. recruited enough good offensive players, but to his the defense, the defense was not did great. not exist. Which I mean, you know, if Hugh Freeze is listening, I hope he is. I, I don't know how much of that he would blame on the investigation and really not being able to do what he would have liked to do. But at the same time, two, two words, Tom Allen. I think it may be that simple. What will you blame Tom Allen, or you think? He no, would, I'm saying. Had number one defense last year, Tom Allen. Left. Yeah. Yeah. Look look what he's doing doing in Indiana. Yeah, he's doing great. You think he's ever gonna come back to the SEC? Just stay in the Midwest forever. He'll stay there as long as long as they're treating him well and paying him fair. There's no reason to believe Indiana wouldn't, then he'll he'll stay there as long as he wants to coach. Yeah, they're having a they're having a great season. Um, all right, so we can look at some lines for this week. Not a ton. We're just going to cut to games. it. Lock of the week, lay Alabama. They're going to go down to Baton Rouge. Yeah, it's going to get very nasty. That line is already out of control. You know, you want to lay Alabama. You want to bet. I lay. I lay. So here, here's a little bit of news. After years okay. of speculating, I finally, finally set up a sportsbook account. I can run on my phone here in New Hampshire. There you go. And uh, just bet on my phone. And we've already laid Alabama. I got a 28 and a half, and I don't, I don't care. They're going to go down there and beat the shit out of them. I agree with that. I think uh, it's, it's down to, up to minus 30 now. I think John made the right call there. Obviously, if you want to take that line, Alabama minus 30, um, or whatever it ends up getting to, you got to head on over to bet online. I talked about them earlier in the show. It's your number one spot for sports gambling on anything you want from anywhere. Uh, use our code armchair at checkout. BetOnline is the place to do it. Also got to thank our sponsors over at Manscaped, my favorite sponsor to talk about. Uh, here in the ad today, they want me to say, jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. We got some Christmas copy here. 
uh, untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. Of course, I'm talking about the Manscaped. Perfect package, 3.0. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, redesigned the electric trimmer. Uh, It's called the Lawnmower 3.0 with proprietary advanced skin-safe technology. The trimmer will not nick you down there. It's also waterproof. You could use it in the shower. Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside the brand new Perfect Package 3.0. It's a great gift for the holidays, ladies out there listening, or for anybody, really. Um, Literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut cut free, and smelling nice. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, guys, why would you ever use the same trimmer on your face that you use, you know, other places? That's just kind of nasty and messed up. That's why you need the Manscaped Perfect Perfect Package. Also comes with a crop preserver, anti-chafing, deodorant, and moisturizer. you already put the odor on your armpits. Why wouldn't you put it on the smelliest part of your body? Uh, and also wants me to say that, uh, yeah, it's true, guys. It, it smells bad. So don't, don't just take my word for it. It's true. Um, the products actually smell good, and their manly scent is attractive uh, and will be enjoyed not just by you, but by other people as well. Um, also, your perfect package comes with a pair of Manscaped boxers. Keep you feeling fresh all day. Time to upgrade over your current setup, guys. You need these high-performance anti-chafing boxers. So don't, don't forget this holiday season, uh, head on over to Manscaped for yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, uh, and the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping. Use our code armchair at manscaped.com. I would love to hear from you guys. Get over to manscaped.com. Use our code armchair. Um, just let me know that you took advantage of the deal. So that's 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair um clean up and make santa proud this year and i will have you know all the times i said pubes or balls not ad that there were like 10 20 more they wanted me to say that i kind of edited out there so that's for our family friendly audience out there so Um, you're conscious of being a pervert proud of you justin yeah i just it feels a little weird to say honestly i'm uh i'm almost 30 years old over here reading the manscaped ads but i guess um you know yeah uh, the other uh, the other bet this week is to parlay uh, laying Georgia uh, 33-34, give or take, against Vanderbilt. Mm. Uh, I'm a believer in the theory the team quit after the whole uh, mm-hmm. after uh, after the whole kicker ordeal, which I probably should stop. Oh, that 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 could be read a lot of different ways. I think there's a – well – I mean, I think the team let, probably let say, quit. Mason got fired, the team's in turmoil. I'm not – Who's to say when the, when the team quit? They were 0-7 before that. So, I think regardless, I, I think the, the Mason firing is a long time coming. And R- R- rumor is rumor is letting a walk-on that week address the team at halftime. If that allegedly happens, that's a uh, – it's an interesting dynamic. I have I have heard that honestly I I don't know how much Mason really cared anymore it seemed like he was just gonna wait it out I you know he, he seems like a great guy but I think yep. Vandy fans everywhere are happy to see him go interested to see the direction they go with that hire I've heard um, uh, Fisher as a name talked about the uh, NFL coach who was at the Rams yep. mm-hmm. uh, that would be interesting um, so yeah interested to see what happens there they could definitely do better. I mean, we, we all saw um, the way they played under James Franklin. You know, he had like three nine-one seasons in a row. So, I, they're in the East. They, they can do a lot better than Mason and, and you know, whatever his, whatever his all-time record is, is 0-8 this year. So, yeah. so I'm going to lay Georgia against Fandy, and I'm going to lay Florida against Tennessee. What's the, what's the Florida line? Uh, I had it 17 and a half. 
Ooh, yeah. I think which I is think not a good number, but I think Tennessee's a train wreck. So, but I think, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think Mullen's looking to, uh, to score a lot of points the rest of the year to try to. They, they, they're, they think they are, and right now they're, they're a national title contender, and they're going to want to go out there and beat the hell out of them and make a point. So that's actually interesting. What happens? Bama finishes ten and zero. Bama's in the playoff, obviously. Yep. Florida and A and M both finish nine and one. Yep. I guess I guess it just comes down to if Florida can beat Bama in the championship game. Florida right? beats Bama, they're in. Period. So Bama's in regardless. And Bama but would what be, if, the four, be the four. Yep. But what if Bama beats Florida? What happens? A and M beat Florida in College Station. What happens with that? Bama beats Florida, then Florida has two losses, and say uh, say A and M finishes nine and one. A and M's clearly ahead of Florida in the pecking order. Agree. Uh, let me pull up the playoff rankings. I actually haven't looked. Between that number much. of losses and head to head, there's really no conversation there. Okay. Agree, but so you get Bama, Clemson, is Ohio State in for sure about Notre Dame? I would say. I think if Florida loses to Bama, they might just leave out the second SEC team. You might end up with Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. I mean, that's the ranking right now. They have A&M fifth and Florida sixth yep. as of yesterday. So, yeah, I think Mullen's going to be scoring a lot of points. Um, you know, we'll see if A&M can hold it together. A&M has – they have three more games or two more? I guess – yeah, A&M is 6-1. They got to play three more times. Um, so, this weekend they got Auburn. I mean, that's an interesting game. You know, and it's going to be interesting. They got Ole Miss week after that. And then who, what A&M finishes with Arkansas? Who's A&M's last game? That's probably right. I'm not sure. Arkansas sounds right. No, no, they already played, actually. Oh, let me see. Let me go to week 16. Oh, no game scheduled on secsports.com. All right. Well, we'll figure that out. Not sure. Oh, A&M finishes with Tennessee, it appears. Okay. Yeah. So, assuming they get they get past Auburn and Ole Miss, two games that they could lose, um, I, I just yeah, I, I bet I bet if Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame all went out, I think A and M gets left out. I don't really see a path to A and M to the playoff um, unless Ohio State or Notre Dame or Clemson was to lose. Uh, I wonder, you know, we could be looking at multiple undefeated teams not making the playoffs this year. Cincinnati's eight and zero. BYU's nine and zero. Coastal Carolina's nine and zero. What do you What do you think about Coastal Carolina and uh, Liberty this weekend? So apparently, game days at Coastal, but the games <laughs> in question. Oh wow! <laughs> which is really disgusting. Yeah, game day at Coastal is just upsetting. There's been some weird game day choices this year. What do you think about having game day at the Masters? It's kind of a gimmick. Uh, it definitely was a gimmick, but I'm okay with it as a one-off for 2020 just because how screwed up the year is. But. Yeah, because you're a golf fan, so. But they did gimmick the hell out of the thing. It was pretty – I think they over-gimmicked it for sure. It's kind of cheesy. I, I was watching game day the other day uh, on Saturday just for a few minutes. I think it's funny how they're all allowed to be on the set except for Corso because he's too old and you got to worry about his health. So, so he has to zoom in from the house. That's, that's just funny to see. But that's probably good. That's good. They're keeping Corsos safe over there. Hey, it makes his job easy. He just gets up, gets on the camera, and does whatever the hell he wants. Yep, off by noon. 
Uh, All right. Uh, I don't see – let's see. Arkansas, Missouri. Missouri minus three this weekend. Um, Could go either way on that. Missouri just smoked somebody. Who was that that they beat? Oh, Vanderbilt. Sorry, Andy just chimed in. It was Vanderbilt. Uh, That makes sense. Um, but I think I think Missouri's gotten better through the course of the year. Um, going down the list here, I think A and M A and M Auburn might be the most interesting game of the week, just because I agree with you that the Bama LSU game is going to be a slaughter. Yeah, and, and Florida Tennessee probably the same way. Um, yeah, but can Auburn put up a legit? Or, um, <clears throat> yeah, can Auburn can Auburn do anything to try to? Excuse me. It'll be an interesting game for yeah. Ole Miss looking ahead to, to play an A&M the week after. See if, if – yeah. how A&M looks, I guess, in that game. Um, all right. Well, what else do you want to talk about, John? That's really about it. Um, I like the fact the Egg Bowl's in the middle – it's not the last game of the season. They'll have to get over the whole thing. Um, yeah, that was interesting. That was an interesting dynamic, right? It's weird to not have it be the last game. It's like Lane, let's, let's celebrate, but we got to play in two weeks. Um, you, think the, you think the rivalry continues to kind of de-escalate with these two head coaches? It seems like they wanted to. They're, they're proven professional coaches. I mean, they're going to care as much as they need to to make sure they're in position to win the game. But beyond that, there's really no benefit in their minds. Mm-hmm. I guess basketball is going to be uh, going to get going. I want to see the team play a few games before you try to figure out what's going on there. We hear uh, we hear optimism at this point, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, who who knows until you actually play the games, right? Some teams have kind of crashed. I mean, uh, what Memphis is looking pretty bad. I heard right the penny experiment. Yeah, that could be quickly. That could be coming to an end here sooner than later, as I can tell. So they're one and two. They are beating Arkansas State right now. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, uh, we got baseball coming up in a few months. Ole Miss could have a really good team. We'll see how that goes. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting in all these sports. Uh, assuming there, there's kind of like this eligibility dead year. These rosters are going to be really interesting and new opportunities to manage as far as you, you have all these seniors that can play for their fifth year. You got new guys coming in. How do you manage that? Especially a sport like baseball where already scholarships were at a premium. Um, yep. the teams that can, there, there might be some, some really powerful teams if they can make hay out of these, uh, these weird rules uh, for a year or two. Should be interesting. Um, all right. Well, I'll do it. I feel like every time we do the show, we kind of just you know, peter out at the end. It's hard to hard to end on a strong note. I've already said all. Hey, that. Kiffin, uh, Kiffin got the four wins, the success. Um, I think it's clear if you um, if you're a defensive player with reasonable amount of talent, you get to play. You could be a difference maker immediately. And the flip side, the offense is quite competent. If you're a skill position person. Come on board. Yeah, put up some crazy stats, right? And uh, 
just a good coach and then go get recruited by the NFL. Yeah, why not? Pretty good. Pretty good pitch. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Um, you know, the last three games and then obviously the next two seasons are going to be going to be huge. Recruiting maybe going to be interesting here, so we'll see. I think there's a lot of movement between now and early signing day, if I had to guess. It'll be fun. All right, John. Well, appreciate you taking the time to all our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we enjoy being back here with you. And uh, until we talk again, stay safe out there. Have a good one. Thank you.